2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DeNiro, and this is a special Sunday edition of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I know you guys are not used to an episode on Sunday. Don't worry, you didn't wake up on Monday. You don't have to go to work today. It is Sunday morning, and the only reason why I'm dropping this episode Sunday morning is because there is such a shitload of stuff going on in the wrestling world, and I can't wait till Monday to talk all about it. I gotta talk all about it today. Woo! We got to talk about Smackdown Live. We got to talk about AEW Dynamite. And we got to talk about last night's Impact Wrestling Against All Odds pay-per-view. There's also been a lot of newsworthy stuff in the news. So we're going to talk about all that. We will have another episode tomorrow morning where we will be talking about tonight's NXT TakeOver in your house. And we will be doing the Wrestling DeLorean. Going back in time and talking about the Monday Night War, the latest edition will have the February 19th episodes of WCW Nitro versus WWF Monday Night Raw. But before we get into anything and before we get into this Superstack show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for subscribing, downloading, following, rating, reviewing the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Also, thank you for following along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. You can now even follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. So make sure you follow the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast everywhere that we are. We appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. Let's get into this super Stacked show. Like I said, I was originally going to wait for Monday's episode to talk about everything that's going down, but there was so much that's going down, I am so excited to talk about it. I cannot wait, so I decided I'm going to drop a special Sunday morning episode. Whew. So, let's talk about why I am interrupting your Sunday mornings with this Wrestling DeLorean Podcast episode. Boom. As per the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, it is... Expected that Tommy and the former Alistair Black will not be returning to the WWE but will be officially signing to All Elite Wrestling AEW. Now my thoughts on that is that's awesome. I think that Alistair Black or Tommy and will be a perfect addition to the AEW roster. The AEW roster is really growing now to a massive, massive size, and I think that AEW unfortunately does have to cut some of the the Unused wrestlers, cut some of the dead weight, cut some of the trim some of the fat on that roster. To have elite wrestlers such as a Tommy End on your. Roster. I think that having a guy like Tommy End will mix well with that style of professional wrestling that AEW is known for. I think that there's a lot of intriguing matches for him to have here in AEW. Matches against Pac, matches against Kenny Omega, matches against Darby Allin I think will be awesome. I really am excited for that, and I really hope that it does happen that way. I would like to see Tommy N not just sign an exclusive to AEW, but also have some matches in New Japan, because I think that his style would also match in New Japan Pro Wrestling, so I am very excited about this. Also, in the news, it is reported that Kenny Omega has been wrestling hurt. He's got such a Insane schedule wrestling for all three companies, AAA, AEW, and Impact Wrestling. He's the champion of all three. And his schedule has just been insane. It's being reported that he has a lot of nagging injuries that have been really mess- messing with him and bothering him. But, I mean, that's, that's the sacrifice you make when you decide to wrestle for multiple companies and be the top guy for multiple companies. But... I hope that Kenny Omega is not dealing with anything too serious, and I hope that he will be able to address some of these nagging injuries and not miss any time because right now he is really hot, and I don't think that there's a wrestler in the world who has the type of schedule and caliber matches of the cleaner Kenny Omega. Now, big news broke. Sean Ross Sapp has reported that there is speculation that Samoa Joe will be returning to the WWE, but not just any brand of the WWE. He will be returning to the ring for NXT. There's a lot of WWE officials that want Joe to return. There is even reports that Samoa Joe just uh, visited the Performance Center. So if Samoa Joe returns to NXT, I think that that will be awesome. NXT, Joe was a monster. WWE's main roster, Joe, had a very hit-and-miss run So I think that him returning to NXT will be what's best for him. I did want to see Joe return to uh, Impact, maybe do some shots for AEW, shots from New Japan. But at the end of the day, whatever is going to make Joe happy, Joe's going to decide that. And I think that him and NXT will be a really good fit. It's also being reported that the WWE wants none other than The Rock to appear at Survivor Series this year. They really are trying to get some big name draws to draw fans back to some of these major pay-per-views and events. And having someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson is always going to draw, always going to have people talking, and always have people excited to see what The Rock is going to say, what The Rock is going to do, and what's his role or capacity on that show. So I think The Rock returning to the WWE at Survivor Series would be very awesome. I'm not sure where Survivor Series is taking place. I don't know if it's going to be in Miami, where The Rock is from, but... Be that as it may, I think The Rock returning to the WWE would just be really cool. Now, that's the news. I'm sure by tomorrow there's going to be more news. A lot of newsworthy shit coming out of NXT's In Your House Takeover pay per view. We're going to be talking about all that tomorrow. But I got to talk about Friday's SmackDown Live. And Friday's AEW Dynamite. So let's start with SmackDown Live. Before I get into the show, I want to say that I was invited to the WWE Thunderdome by the WWE. Very honored to have that opportunity. I did not sign up to be a part of the Thunderdome. I was just emailed by the WWE with a link saying that you've been invited to join the SmackDown Live uh, audience tonight on the Thunderdome. So I don't know how that happened, but I'm pretty, you know, excited about that. Really cool. If WWE's listening, thank you for the invite. That was really classy of you, and I appreciate that. So, this was my very first WWE Thunderdome experience, and I gotta say, it was was pretty cool. Now, I didn't know what to expect. When I was uh, in the waiting room, you have a voice telling you, like you know you're going to be on TV we want to see lots of energy we want to see lots of uh, booing for heels we want to see cheering for the baby faces we got to be vocal got to be animated so it was it was pretty cool people who was watching smackdown live i was literally seen on TV all night i was the one in the blue hat the red headphones and the black shirt pretty much right in the middle all night if you want to see pictures of me in the thunderdome check out my page at Wrestling DeLorean Pod on Instagram. You'll see pictures of me. Uh, the Wrestling DeLorean Pod represented real well in the Thunderdome, let's just say. Uh, like I said, very, very honored to be invited by the WWE to be a part of the Thunderdome crowd, especially before the Thunderdome crowd is no more because soon the WWE is going back to live events. I mean, if WWE wants to invite me to some live events, that would be cool too. I would gladly come. Hit me up, WWE. I appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, so SmackDown Live this week was a pretty good show. We start out with Jimmy Uso. Uso. Y- what the fuck? Jimmy Uso. He's cutting a promo. He's talking about Roman Reigns. Screwed them out of uh, the tag team titles last week. He was just trying to be a champion like Roman, and now him and his brother guy do something about it, and if his brother ain't down with it, he's going to do something about it. Really talking that tough-tough. Uh, then we got our first match of the night. Really good tag team matchups. Kevin Owens and Big E versus Sammy, uh, about to say Gravara, about to say Callahan. There's so many Sammys right now in wrestling. Sammy Zayn and Apollo Cruz. And this was, like I said, a really good, fun tag team matchup. I really enjoyed it. In the end, Kevin Owens and Big E pick up the victory. They win the match. Apollo Cruz gets on the mic. He says that he's not with it. You know what I mean? You didn't pin me. You pinned Sammy, who's a punk. So, next week is going to be Commander Aziz and Apollo versus Kevin Owens and Big E. This led to Sami Zayn saying, you know, who you calling a punk, blah, blah, blah. And Commander Aziz hitting the spike on Sami Zayn. Pretty cool segment. Next match, we got Carmella versus Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan picks up the victory. This was a rematch of last week. Pretty good matchup. Kind of short, though. I think that these women could have got more time and then they could have had a really good match. Then we got a very cringeworthy edition of Ding Dong Hello with Bailey and Seth Rollins. This was just cringe. I mean, the, the whole Bailey laughing gimmick is annoying as fuck. And I think, you know, I'm not new to the wrestling business. I know that she's a heel and being annoying is a part of her job. But goddamn, this shit was annoying as fuck. Buck, and so was Sammy, not Sammy, so was uh, Seth Rollins, you know what I mean? Mr. Drip Drip himself needs to drip drip out of the fucking ring and stop fucking laughing like that because that was a headache and a half. But anyway, we had Cesaro come out. He surprised them by being behind the door. He beats up uh Seth Rollins. You had Bianca Belair laughing at Bailey. I could have done without this segment, let's just say. We had a Rey Mysterio promo. He says that tonight he's going to call out Roman Reigns. He says Roman has hell to pay for putting his hands on Dominic last week. And he's going to show him what family really looks like. Next, we have a, ta- uh, a singles matchup between Chad Gable and Montez Ford. This was really fun, but ended in the DQ when Otis attacked Ford. Otis shaved his beard. He's looking kind of weird, you know what I mean? I'm not Machine Gun Kelly. I'm not saying beard weird like his diss towards Eminem and Rap Devil. But I'm just saying... I need to get used to Otis without the beard. He looks a little weird, you know what I mean? But pretty good matchup. Montez Ford and Chad Gable actually have really good chemistry with each other too. I thought this was a good matchup. Next, we get yet another matchup between Nakamura and King Corbin. This is like their fifth matchup in the last couple weeks. It's shit's annoying. But nonetheless, Nakamura picks up the victory. Uh, Baron Corbin tries to steal his crown back. Nakamura steals it back from him. It is announced that next week it will be Corbin versus Nakamura again, but this is the final time. It's the rubber match, and this match will be for the King of the Ring crown. Roman Reigns confronts Jimmy Uso in the back with Jey Uso. Jey Uso says he's sick of Roman and Jimmy fighting. Jimmy says he wants to throw down with Roman. Roman gives this passionate speech on how Jimmy's treating Jay and putting him in the middle, making him the bad guy. Why would you do that to your brother, man? We're family. Why would you do that to your brother, man? Really, really uh, good shit here. A lot of drama in this storyline between the uh, Samoan dynasty of Roman Reigns, Jimmy, and Jay Uso. Really good stuff, you know? SmackDown ends with Rey Mysterio. He's in the ring. He calls out Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out. Ray says he does acknowledge Roman Reigns, but he acknowledges him as a rat bastard. He says that he wants Roman Reigns inside of a Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell. Roman Reigns just laughs it off. Someone throws in a candlestick. It's unseen who throws it in. Rey Mysterio grabs the candlestick. He starts going to town on Roman. Roman and uh, Ray start brawling. I don't think Roman and Ray ever even had a match against each other, so having them in the Hell in a Cell match it should be pretty cool. I mean... Rey Mysterio's is still a legend, so having him in a tag team with uh, his son is cool, but I think that this guy still should be, you know, main eventing shows. He's a legend. And having Roman beat a legend inside Hell of a Cell it was just going to elevate his stock in the company. But, yeah, so Dominic then comes out. He starts attacking Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns gets the upper hand on both Dominic and Ray, And then he takes Dominic up for a powerbomb and does a violent, violent powerbomb to the outside. I'm assuming this was on a crash pad because we didn't see the actual landing. We just saw Dominic flying to the outside and then Dominic on the floor. But crazy, crazy, crazy stuff here. I really think that I'm really digging the storyline between the Mysterios and Roman Reigns. This was really cool. Overall pretty good episode of SmackDown Live. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being there, a part of the ThunderDome experience. Like I said once again, thank you WWE for that invite. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. I think the SmackDown Live was a really good episode. Leaps and bounds over Raw, I'll tell you that much. Just cuz I'm shitting on Raw, don't 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 send me invites to Raw, please. <laughs> Anyway, SmackDown Live, I'm giving it a three out of five stars. Pretty good night of wrestling, but the night is not done. Right after this, as soon as this goes off the air, AEW Dynamite goes on the air, and we'll be talking about A. AE-
3: Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered.
2: AEW Dynamite when we come back from this commercial break. So be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Like I said before we went to commercial break, AEW went right on the air right after SmackDown Live, and it was a pretty good episode of AEW Dynamite. A little weird, though, there was less of a crowd there. I don't know if they are starting to get ready to move on tour, but... The last couple weeks of AEW, including the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, had a large crowd, a full-capacity crowd, and this time, they went back to the old, original set for the, the entranceway, and no crowd there, so it was a little weird, but nonetheless, good episode of AEW Dynamite. I am going to get into it right now. This was more to build up to AEW going back on tour than having an actual show think that AEW is realizing that the ratings are, haven't been so, so well for their moves to Friday, so they're just using this Friday time slot to build storylines and build shows until we get back to the regular scheduled programming of AEW Dynamite. So, let's get into this episode of AEW Dynamite that happened right after SmackDown Live June 11th 2021. Let's get into it. So, AEW started out with a uh, a video of the pinnacle arriving to the show in style. Beautiful limousine, stretched limo with the pinnacle logo on the uh, hood. Really, really nice. That is very important to remember because later on in the show, let's just say that beautiful limo ain't going to make it. First match, we have uh, Matt Hardy. He's in the ring with TH2. He says that Christian Cage, always been jealous of him for years. And tonight, his client and Helico is going to take out Christian. Which leads to Christian Cage coming out and having his matchup against Helico, Pretty good matchup. Nothing uh, too spectacular. But Christian Cage definitely looks like he's shaking off the rust. And definitely seems to be back to his regular self. After all these years, Christian Cage looks like he's, you know, finally getting back to his uh, normal self in the ring. Because the last couple matches he had, he looked a little rusty, you know what I mean? He looked like he was a little gassed at parts. But not this. This Christian Cage looked really good against Angelico. And it was a pretty good opening matchup. And Angelico is, he's very underrated. He's very technical. He's well-rounded. I enjoyed this matchup. Christian Cage picks up the victory, of course. After this, Hardy attacks with his uh, clients, TH2. Which leads to Jungle Boy coming out and making the save for Christian Cage. If you remember, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage have a bit of an alliance now. Next, Tony Schiavone is out. He brings out uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes out with Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson's son, and Arn Anderson. And he announces that next week he will be teaming up with Brock Anderson to go against Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. This is going to be the in-ring debut of Brock Anderson. And he says that Brock Anderson will hit a home run next week. He looks just like his father, too. He looks like his father back in the 80s. Uh, This leads to QT Marshall coming out, talking some ill shit. He says he wants Cody Rhodes in a strap match when they return on the road. July 7th, Cody Rhodes accepts. Then uh, when they turn their back, he takes a strap and he he, uh, whips Arn Anderson, which leads to Brock Anderson taking down QT Marshall and putting the beats onto him. This, this feud is kind of annoying me now. I mean, there's not much heat between QT and Cody, and I, I think that Cody might feel like this has a lot more heat than it has, but it really don't. And I, I kind of want to see Cody move on. I could really do it out QT Marshall, though. Like, QT Marshall is not doing much for me. I like his team. I like Anthony Agogo. I like uh, Nick Camarado. I haven't seen much of Aaron Solo, to be honest, but I think the weak link out of that team is the leader because QT is... ah Anyway, and I think that Cody's really trying to elevate him, but it's not working. And every week, it seems like Cody Rhodes has a new partner. I hope that Brock Anderson hits a home run because, to be honest, Cody looks like he's just shuffling through guys, you know what I mean? If you're going to be going against QT and QT's rival, well, his QT's partner who he turned on was Dustin, why wouldn't Cody just team with his brother Dustin? I know he's trying to make new stars here, but it would have made sense for Cody to be teaming up with Dustin being that QT turned on Dustin, right? But right now, Cody ain't making much sense. Cody has, in in Cody's head, he believes he's the most important part of AEW. But, in actuality, lately, and only lately, I'm not going to say always, only lately, Cody's been falling flat. His match at double or nothing might have been the weakest match on the card. His match last week kind of sucked against uh, Anthony Agogo and uh, QT. Uh, and I don't know if it's about the caliber of opponents that he's in, but I just think it's weird because the caliber of opponents that he's in there with, Cody's trying to make seem like the biggest threats in the world. But they're not. They don't come off like that. Anthony Agogo might... Nick Camerado looks like a threat, but they haven't proven themselves yet. So Cody trying to act like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I'm doing this for America. Doing this for America. It's like, bro, I don't know, man. It's my opinion. I don't know. Next, we get a really good, really good six-man tag match between the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler versus Pac, Pentagon Jr., and Eddie Kingston. Penta is absolutely amazing. He had some amazing sequences during this matchup, and it was just really, really good here. The Bucks, they still playing off this cocky persona, and, I mean, it's cool for what they are, but, ah, man. They, they, They annoy the shit out of me, too. But anyway, at the end of the match here, we had Pat Kingston and Pentagon Jr. pick up the victory. They win the matchup. Really good matchup, like I said. Right after the ring bell hits, after the final fall, the Bucks attack. We have a big brawl here. The Good Brothers come out, they attack, they join in. And the elite hunter, Kazarian, comes out, evens the odds. He takes out the uh, Good Brothers. And Pack Kingston, Kazarian, and Pentagon Jr. stands tall in the ring. Pretty good uh, four-men team here. Next, we get a video package proving that there's a conspiracy to screw Kenny Omega. Pretty funny stuff here. Added, uh, there was some added voiceovers to the referee's decision at double or nothing. Pretty funny stuff. Watch this next. The Pinnacles in the ring, they cut a hellacious promo. Every member of the Pinnacle gets on the mic and calls out somebody from the inner circle. Next week, we're going to see Jake Hager versus Wardlow in an MMA cage fight. You had Chris Jericho being called out by MJF, you had Sammy Guevara being called out by Sean Spears, and you had. Uh, Santana and Ortiz being called out by FTR. Like I said, really cool stuff. But we are probably... Yeah, this feels like we put on our wrestling DeLorean seatbelts and then went back in time because this segment was straight out of the attitude ever. Just like a couple weeks ago when they sprayed down the pinnacle with the bubbly. We had the inner circle in the parking lot. They have bats, they have sledgehammers, and they absolutely destroy that beautiful limo that the Pinnacle arrived in earlier in this show. They smash the windows, they smash the hood, they just destroy it, right? And then we see Jake Kager, he has a forklift. He drives into the car, he just pierces right through it, lifts up the forklift, he drops it back down, like, they destroyed this limo. And like I said, this was straight out of the Attitude Era, but it worked. This worked a lot more than the spraying down of the bubbly. I enjoyed this. This was really fun. This was a throwback. This made me, you know, remember fond memories of the Attitude Era, but it was still, you know, it made sense. I really enjoyed this segment. To me, it was the segment of the night. Next, we got a promo by Darby Allen. He's with Sting, and he tells Sting, look, Sting. I don't need a partner. I got to prove to myself that I can take these guys out. I want a handicap match next week against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And he tells Sting, don't even come. And Sting is like, bro, I'll be there. And he's like, no, I need you to stay home. You know I respect you. Just stay home next week. And then Sting says, fine. He goes to put up a uh, fist pump to uh, Darby Allen. Island. Darby Allen's like, Sting, you know I respect you, right? Like, don't be mad at me, daddy. <laughs> But yeah, so it looks like Darby Allen's gonna be going against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in a handicap match next week. Next, we have the TNT World Title match between Evil Uno and Miro. Before this, Evil Uno's talk about what it meant for him to see Brody Lee win that TNT title. He talks about how tonight he's dedicating the match to Brody Lee, and he wants to make Brody Lee proud. But. Even though he put up a good effort. he There's a couple times during this match, Evil Uno had Miro fighting in defense. But at the end of the day, Miro was just way too much for Evil Uno. Miro is a freaking beast, man. And at the end, he really put the beats down onto, onto Evil Uno. Miro retains his TNT title. I didn't expect anything else. Next, we have Tony Shivani. He brings out uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis. They talk shit about Jungle Boy, saying that Jungle Boy doesn't have heart. Kenny Omega says that Jungle Boy reminds him of a young Kenny Omega. Jungle Boy comes out. Omega and Jungle Boy start to brawl. The Young Bucks make the save. I think it's in like two weeks or whatever. Next week, it's going to be Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy. I don't think Jungle Boy's winning that matchup, but I will tell you this. I'm excited to see that matchup. I think that they're going to have good chemistry with each other. So that's what we're looking forward to for the AEW World title. We are going to have a special interview next week with Andrade El Idolo sitting down with good old JR. Now, I think this is ironic because last week and when Andrade El Idolo, he makes his debut, junior didn't know how to say his name, he called him Andre, L.I., Andre, and you had, you had be like, um, Jr. you mean Andrade El Hidolo, and JR was like, yeah, that guy, Andrade, it was very awkward, very awkward, so now this is the guy you're gonna have to sit down with him, Yo, I hope this is pre-taped and I hope that they edited it out if he fucked up his name because that's going to be, whew, Botchamania City. Next, we had Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They cut a promo on Darby. They called Darby the stupidest man on earth and they're going to absolutely kill him next week. We had Lance Archer versus The Jobber. We had Nyla Rose versus Layla Hirsch. That was a pretty competitive match. Nyla Rose wins. Brit Baker's backstage. She calls Nyla Rose a jealous bitch. We're going to have them wrestle. Like I said, Nyla Rose cut off the whole celebration from Britt Baker last week. So we're looking at Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose down the road. Main event time, we have Powerhouse Hobbs teaming up with The Machine, Brian Cage, to go against Hangman, Adam Page, and Ten from the Dark Order. Really good action in this match. Really good match up here. In the end, Ricky Starks tries to make the interference. He throws in the FTW title to Cage. Cage throws it back at him. They get into some shit. Cage chases Ricky Starks out. And Hangman Page and Ten pick up the victory on Powerhouse Hobbs for the win of the match. It looks like Brian Cage, it's been looking like this for a while, but I think it's official that Brian Cage will be leaving Team Taz and turning babyface here. We go off the air with Hangman Page and Powerhouse Hobbs standing tall. Like I said, good episode of AEW, but nothing great. I give it a two out of five stars. This was definitely not their best effort. Their ratings have been down since their move to Friday. So I really think that they're just using these shows to build up to their return to live events and their return to their Wednesday time slot because, like I said, they're not putting out anything too, too special lately. I enjoyed the show, but I know it could be better. Wasn't the best show in the last couple weeks. And the lack of the crowd was really weird being that I expected to see a crowd there since there was a crowd there the last couple times. So like I said, two out of five stars. Now, we are going to be talking about last night's Impact Wrestling's Impact Plus exclusive Against All Odds. So when we come back from this break, we'll be talking about Against All Odds. What a show. That was a really good show So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into Against All Odds from last night, exclusively on Impact Plus. This was a really good show, a really, really newsworthy show. And it set up the table perfectly for Impact Wrestling's next pay per view slam anniversary on July 17th. We had a really good main event, we had a really good women's title match, really good tag team title match, just really good action for the show. And this was basically the reason why I wanted to do this show today and not Monday, because I felt like the show really was so good I could not wait. And there was already a lot to talk about so far with the last couple nights, so that's why I decided to drop that today. So let's get into Impact Wrestling's Against All Odds. Like I said, this show is really, really good. I enjoyed it. I'm going to just give you my rating right out the bat. I gave this show a 3.5 out of 5 stars. Really good show. This show started out hot with the street fight between Sammy Callahan teaming up with Tommy Dreamer to go against the Good Brothers. Wow. And there was a reason why this matchup was on first. You'll find out at the end of the night. Really, really good fucking matchup here. This was a wild brawl, as you would expect. Really cool to see Tommy Dreamer on this show, being that last night was the 16-year anniversary of ECW's One Night Stand 2005. Tommy Dreamer on this show in a hardcore brawl just made sense. I really, really enjoyed this show. I really, really enjoyed this match. I give this matchup a 3 out of 5 stars. Good way to start it out. Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer, though, was a bit of an odd couple. Both are very hardcore, but both stand for opposite things in wrestling. Sam Callahan, a very evil man. Tom and Dreamers, everything that's pure and right with professional wrestling. They get the victory on the Good Brothers. Next up we have a very good back and forth strong style matchup between New Japan pro wrestling legend Satoshi Kojima versus Joe Doring from Violence by Design. Kojima was accompanied to the ring by Eddie Edwards. This was just really good back and forth strong style like I said. A lot of uh smash mouth hitting here, a lot of heavy lariats, lots of heavy chops. Surprisingly though, at the end we had Joe Doring pick up the victory here against the Japanese legend. I didn't expect that at all to be honest. That was a shock, but good for Joe Doring. I'm becoming a bigger fan of Joe Doring by the week and I really think that this guy is Going to be a big, big star. He, he's he's a veteran, and I think that he's a future champion for Impact Wrestling. I'm telling you now. And I really like Violence by Design. I ain't gonna lie. Next, we have a great match, but one of the weaker points of the show. We have the X Division 5 way between Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Petey Williams, Rohit Raju, and Chris Bay. The winner of this was the number one contender to go against Josh Alexander for the X Division champion. A lot of crazy action, like I said, still to this day, Impact Wrestling is known for its X Division. A lot of crazy spots here, a lot of high flying, lots of hard hitting. Really good match up here. A beautiful flip dive by Trey Miguel to take everyone out. He lands on his feet. But the bullshit of this match is Madman Fulton gets involved in this match, and it's ruled a no contest. You have a five way number one contendership match and it's ruled a no contest i'm calling it now this is leading to king of the mountain at slam reversary take my word from it it's going to be king of the mountain at slam reversary because you got josh alexander calling himself the king of the mountain so it will only make sense at slam reversary to have a king of the mountain match being that that's the show where there's been the most king of the mountain matches right anyway yeah that match being a no contest was quite bullshit Next, we have W. Morrissey. He defeats Rich Swan. I, um... This is just me. My prediction is I expect Enzo Amore to be brought into Impact Wrestling and we'll have Enzo and Cass basically to go against Rich Swan and Willie Mack at Slammiversary. That's my prediction. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if Enzo wants to be an Impact. I don't know if Impact wants Enzo. We don't know, but I think that big man, little man tag team matchup will match up perfectly, but... Anyway, W. Morrissey picks up the victory on Rich Swan, which is a huge victory, even though he outsized him, outpowered him, and out everything, Rich Swan. Even though Rich Swan is quicker, Rich Swan is a former Impact Wrestling World Champion. So picking up the victory on a former champion, that's a big, big move for W. Morrissey. So big, big moves and big, big things happening for W. Morrissey. Big win here for him. Next, we have Tennille Dashwood versus Jordan Grace. Tennille beats Jordan Grace with the distraction of Rachel Ellering, which was by accident, which leads to Jordan Grace absolutely snapping and going after Caleb Conley and Tennille after the match and just destroying them. She's having a bit of a fit. We have the Women's Tag Team Champion. This was a really good matchup, too. Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles went against Susan and Kimberly. This was a good matchup. They had a mix of comedy, good action. Impact Wrestling has a lot of great women's athletes, a lot of great women's action. I think it's a shame that they don't work with the NWA because I would love to see a lot of these women on that uh, NWA women's pay per view coming up that is being produced by Mickey James. Next, we have the tag team matchup between the Decay, Black Taurus, teaming up with Crazy Steve to go against Cody Deaner and Rhino from Violence by Design. This was another really good matchup. This, this, yo, the card was very solid for this show. Very solid card. Violence by Design picks up the victory, though. But boy, did the Decay make it look like they were going to win a couple times. I really liked the interactions between Rhino and Black to Roos, I think that they had good chemistry with each other. Really good matchup, like I said. But Violence by Design, they retained the tag team champions. I think that they need to hold those tag team titles for a while. It was a little hot potatoes for a little bit with... It going from the Good Brothers to Finn Drews to Violence by Design. So I hope that Violence by Design actually holds on to those titles for a while. We next get the Women's Championship match in yet another great match. It was Diana Perazu La Virtuosa versus Rosemary from the Decay. And this was a really good match. Rosemary started out hot. Uh... Deanna Parrazzo, what can I say about Deanna? Deanna's been an absolute star. She really stepped into that spot that I believe was held for so long by Tessa Blanchard in Impact Wrestling. I think that Deanna is that new star in the women's division for Impact. And she, as a lot of the big-name women wrestlers left Impact, Deanna took that spot and is carrying that spot quite well. So...
0: Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington, for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman.
3: My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics.
2: Shouts to Deonna Purrazzo, but nothing taken away from Rosemary. A really, really good matchup here. Main event, Moose versus Kenny Omega, live from Daly's place, the home of AEW. Kenny Omega has home field advantage. They're in enemy territory. On commentary was Don Callis, Tony Schiavone from AEW, and Scott D'Amour. Really, really good matchup here. These two guys beat the living shit out of each other. Like I said, Kenny Omega's wrestling with injuries. And for him to have the type of matchup that he had tonight with Moose, absolutely amazing. Really, really good matchup. Moose, a couple times, looked like he was going to win that title. Kenny Omega retains, though. He is still the champion, all due to the interference of the Young Bucks. Technically, this was in AEW's home arena. But technically, this was the Young Bucks' first appearance on Impact Wrestling since God knows how long right uh, probably since 2011 i'd say so 10 years since the young bucks appeared on in the impact wrestling show they helped kenny omega get the victory here and kenny omega retains but surprise surprise at the end of the night sammy callahan made it from jackson made it to jacksonville florida from tennessee he has the bat in his hand and he starts destroying the young bucks he destroys kenny omega Don Callis gets on the mic to end the show and say that he's still an executive for Impact Wrestling and he fires Sammy Callahan, which leads to Scott Dillmore and Don Callis getting into it. But the show goes off the air with the number one contender for the Impact Wrestling world title, Sammy Callahan, getting fired by the executive, Don Callis. This is going to be a very newsworthy next episode of Impact, I'll tell you that much, because... Who's going to be wrestling Kenny Omega at Slammiversary? It was just announced that last week that Kenny Omega or Moose will go against Sammy Callahan. But now Sammy Callahan's fired. So what does this mean? It obviously looks like Scott Moor did not want Sammy Callahan fired. He's an executive. Don Callis, who's also an executive, wanted him fired. So I'm really intrigued. This was a very good cliffhanger ending to what was an amazing show. I enjoyed it. Great show, like I said, three point five out of five stars. It was really taken down though by that no contest for the X Division match. Kind of could do without the Tenille Dashwood Jordan Grace match too. That was whatever, but really good show here. I I really enjoyed it. Great action. Impact Wrestling been on such a tear lately. I've been enjoying everything that they do. Make sure you tune into Impact Wrestling's show every week thursdays at 8 on access tv make sure you tune in and check out this uh impact plus special against all odds and definitely make sure you check out july 17 anniversary live from pay-per-view from pay-per-view on pay-per-view is what i meant what we were trying to do such a nice uh Promotion for Impact Wrestling. I can't even talk right. I'm, I'm just really excited. You know what I mean? It's, it's early Sunday morning and I had to get all this shit out. So thank you very much for joining us on this special Sunday edition to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their Sunday. I hope everyone tunes in to tomorrow's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast as we will talk about tonight's NXT TakeOver. This is such a stacked Stack, stack, super stacked weekend of wrestling. I had to break it up into a couple shows, you know what I mean? So tomorrow on Monday's edition, we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming. We'll be talking about NXT TakeOver in your house. Tonight's show is amazing. The rundown is going to be right here. We got uh, Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez for the women's champion. We have a ladder match for the million-dollar title. It will be... L.A. Knight versus Cameron Grimes. We have a crazy, crazy world title matchup between Karrion Cross versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne. This show is going to be so stacked, man. We have a lot of action. We have a six-man tag match for the North American title and the tag team titles as MSK teams up with Bronson Reed to go against Legado del Fantasma. Go out of your way to watch this show. It is stacked. I didn't even get into all the matches yet. There's going to be a lot of action tonight on NXT TakeOver in your house. So make sure you check it out. Like I said, we'll be talking all about it tomorrow. Also tomorrow, we're going to be going back in time. The next episode of The Fight for Monday Night. The Monday Night War is now up to February 19th, 1996. We have a world title match on one end Between Ric Flair and Randy Savage. We also have Arn Anderson versus Hulk Hogan in a rematch from last week. And Raw has a stacked show. All the fallout from In Your House, which is pretty ironic. We have Tatanka versus The Undertaker and a lot more. So tune in tomorrow night. I hope you have a great, great, great Sunday. Enjoy NXT tonight. Make sure you tune in into tomorrow, follow all the action on Instagram at Wrestling Delorean Pod, follow us on TikTok Wrestling Delorean Pod. make sure you download to this download this podcast, subscribe, rate, review all that good shit. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, y'all, one love.